Hi, welcome to Let's Get Into It with Pilot Verwitt. Hi. Who is a freelance writer and television critic and is joining us as the fourth person in this room with glasses. Tim and Nick are also here, also wearing glasses. Hi. I'm going to break off a segment right off the bat here. It is a competition for the worst prescription. Uh, Can we call it making friends trading glasses? Because I love doing that. Fantastic. And we're actually going to trade glasses for this segment, too. So this is making friends trading glasses. Uh, I'll start. I am a negative five and a half if anyone wants them. So my glasses are off. They're ready for the next taker. I have declared my negative five and a half. Let's just go around as a clock would. Tim, to my left, what's your prescription? I don't know my prescription. What the? What do you mean you don't know? I'm a terrible human. I learn things when I need to learn them, and then as soon as I've accomplished my goal, I forget everything that I've learned. Are you nearsighted or farsighted? Let's start uh, there. Which is the one where I can see close, I can't see far. Uh, just try to figure it out by the <laughs> words. Uh, nearsighted. Great. Uh, why don't you give me those glasses? Let's okay. make friends and trade glasses, right, and I'll I'm see if I can suss out from the relative blur okay. what your prescription is. Yeah. Tim and I have traded glasses. Right. Jason and You're I. You're wearing a negative five and a half. Jason has um, like tortoise shell frames. Thank you, Tim. They're kind of greasy. Whoa. These are not doing much. I would say you're at a negative two at the most. I think I can see through the wall with Jason's. Fantastic. Nick. As the clock spins, you are next in rotation. What is your prescription? I don't know the number. I know that... How does no one know their number? This is the one thing you need to know. Who gives a shit? It's not like your measurement. It's written down on paper. Opticians give a shit because they're the ones who give you glasses. I hand them the paper. Yeah, but they can check it themselves. Good point. Good point. I can't tell that the E on the top of a chart is an E. It looks like an F. But I can tell it's a letter. Wow, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's like you started an RPG and you can't kill kobolds. It's the first test. I've killed kobolds. Not in life. Only in actual role-playing games. We're talking about life. Who can kill a kobold in real life? Oh, God, I bet we could. A kobold is basically like a little raptor, but in in Dungeons & Dragons. (laughs) Okay. How deep into kobold physiognomy do you want me to go? As long as we can so that we can't wrap up Jason's first segment. Okay, so in original Dungeons & Dragons, kobolds were kind of like dog-like creatures, then, as time progressed and as more additions kept coming out, they turned into kind of tiny little dragon creatures. Now, with 5th edition, they've kind of become, I think, like a hybrid dog-lizard creature. Why would you kill them? They sound cute. They're like the basic level creature that are easy to kill, but still present a challenge in numbers. That doesn't answer her question of yeah. why. <laughs> why would you kill them? Oh, because they're I, there really is no reason why. I guess they're a little aggressive, but they're not harmful enough. It's not like they're out conquering things. They just kind of hang out in warrens and don't really bother anybody. And then brutish adventurers kick down their doors, kill them, and steal their stuff. That just sounds cruel. It is cruel. Is Dungeons & Dragons about imperialism, or is it just how you describe it? Uh, I think it is. I think there's a imperialistic undercurrent to the entire game. Some people call the player characters in Dungeons and Dragons murder hobos because they don't have homes and they just run around killing everything. All right, Pilot, we're going to get to your glasses very soon. I just have <laughs> one more point of business to talk about when it comes to kobolds. So if kobolds started as dog creatures and became lizard creatures, yeah, I know them as lizard creatures as 
the acolytes of dragons. Yes. Their whole mythos is that they surround dragon lairs and yeah. worship dragons. Right. When they were small dogs, did they worship a large dog deity, or were they still tied to the dragon lore? I believe they were still tied to the dragon lore. I believe that wherever there are kobolds, dragons are not far behind. Okay. Well, now that we have sufficiently scared off anyone who would possibly listen to this pilot... I have no idea what my prescription is, but I'm willing to bet that it is worse than all of yours. Can you see the E at the top of a vision chart? No. Can you kill a kobold? Probably, Great. if I tried. You're better than Nick, yeah. then. My glasses also aren't the right prescription. They're supposed to be stronger, but I always memorize the eye chart, so like I just kind of say the letters. Game Why? The system. Well, I don't do it on purpose. Like You take the eye test so many times. Is it always the same chart? Sometimes it is. But I, then, like, well, when I do that thing where you have to do one eye first, I memorize it without realizing I'm memorizing it. So, like, the next eye, I just kind of just say it. That's amazing. One of my lenses is much thicker than the other. It's, like, really visible. Can you recite now from memory the start no. of the eye chart? <laughs> I have to, like, if I glance at it, I could. What's your best guess? It's we, also we all, E. We all got the E. That's the easy one. What do you think's next? I'm betting FP. No, wait. Go back. Uh, M. This one. How about this one? It's either a Z or a 5. How about now? Worse. How about this one? Better or worse? Can you do it again? Yeah. Okay. How about better or worse? Worse. Okay. Okay. How about this one? No, wait. Go back to the other one. Uh, we've already moved on. I, re- I need sure? to go back. Okay, okay, okay. I could have been wrong about it. Okay. Better or worse? Better. Okay. Let's move down a line. I'd like to phone a friend. Get out of my office. <laughs> and that's how I got these. Now I know I know what knows the prescription number. Why are you the only one who knows your prescription number, Jason? I think it's because I have to order contact lenses oh, often. Right. And you have to stare at your number on your contact lens box every time you uh, get one out. Oh, are your left and right eye different? or the, they're the No, same? they're the same. Hmm. I haven't cheated on my test like some of us in here. I mean, in my defense... One of my eyes is worse than the other. It's just now it's much worse than the other. When did you start wearing glasses? I was three. Wow. Yeah. I remember distinctly because I walked into pre-K and my teacher called me four eyes. Oh, oh <laughs> no. That sounds like a trained professional. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember your teacher's name? No. Well, we can just take the, the school name and the year. Oh, and yeah. we can research it, because I want to fire shots at this terrible teacher. Yeah. Right. It was homeschool. How old was, was I? Was it your mother? No. <laughs> you walked into your mother's room at the age of three to be homeschooled, and she it's called you four eyes. Four eyes. <laughs> she probably did also call me four eyes, and she is a teacher. <laughs> oh, no. Well, this leads perfectly into what is becoming a new favorite segment of mine. Uh, how's your mother? She's great. She is probably right now drinking wine. And petting the dogs and knitting something extravagant. What kind of wine? What kind of dogs? She's been into box wine lately. She Mm. has this thing where she (laughs) soaks fruit in Everclear, so she could just be doing that. Um, We have a black German shepherd named Orion and a white German shepherd named Casper. Oh. And uh, last time I went home, which was like two days ago, she was knitting this really fancy scarf for Supernatural, like the TV show with like (laughs) the logos on the ends and stuff. I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know who she's making it for, actually. I hope it's not me. You think that she's trying to pitch you on the show Supernatural by her knitting? Yeah. She's uh, tried it before. Just like sending me random things. And she's like, you should watch the show because I knit you a hat that says it. What has she tried to pitch you on with knitting? Big Bang Theory. 
Did it work? Oh, really? No. And the thing is, she doesn't like it. I don't like it, but I've seen every episode. So I don't know why she was trying to convince me to like it. So you had to watch every episode for work, I would imagine. No. So wait, you hate it and... Um, I have this really weird TV compulsion where if I start a TV show, I have to finish it. And so I watched the pilot of Big Bang Theory, and then I watched like the first three episodes, see if it got any better. And it hasn't, but I have to watch it every week until it ends. It's terrible. I think I have similar completionist compulsions, so it might be why I don't watch a lot of television. Yeah, like the problem with being a TV critic is you have to watch the pilot, and then you're stuck watching it forever. Yeah. Are you compulsive in other genres like do you need to watch all the director's movies once you've started watching one of theirs no just just television yeah just only television uh authors too like sometimes i like have to read every book an author's written which is why i've never like tried to read anything by stephen king yeah it's too much it's daunting i have a similar thing about a lot of musicians i've never been able to listen to frank zappa because the catalog is just so so humongous and weird and varied. You don't feel like you're ever getting a representative thing just by one album. So a lot of music nerds will complain that I should listen to them and I would care. But I'm like, I don't have time to listen to 50 weird things and figure out which one is like his joke one. But it's an inside album about another one that's not a joke one. I don't have time for that. Nick, what don't you have time for? Nothing. I have lots of time and I spend it wisely. When I don't like something, I stop doing that thing. Sweet pathology, bro. What do you do? What do you spend the most time during your day doing? Working. Outside of working. What's the, what's the most time-consuming leisure activity you have? Either reading or writing. I sound like, ooh, I'm a Ravenpuff. Mm, I'm an INTJ. Mm, reading, writing. That's my problem. Pilot, same question. Watching TV and staring at my guinea pig. Mm. What's your guinea pig's name? His name is Pony Boy from the Outsiders. Oh my God, stay gold! Nice. Do you tell yeah. him to stay gold every day? I do. And um, oh, my course. roommate got a guinea pig, and we named him Soda Pop. <laughs> They're both greasers. Do you slick their guinea pig hair? I've tried. They do not like it. Do they wear little jackets? No, but I should get my mom to make them. Yes. Yeah. Convince her that the guinea pigs need to enjoy a TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. My guinea pigs just won't watch the Outsiders. <laughs> What did your mom, uh, did you say knit or crochet about the Big Bang Theory? I think she knit me probably like a hat that said Bazinga. Oh, yeah. Did she get it to you? Yeah. Did um, you ever wear it? No, I think I donated it to a thrift store. So out there, a one of a kind oh, yeah. Bazinga. Bazinga hat. That's amazing. She just knits anything. If I just send her a photo, I'll just get the thing knitted in the mail wow. the next day. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. like a, a sci-fi power. Yeah. But then it means that, like, I get boxes every month with just, like, 50 winter hats, and I have one head. Oh, <laughs> my mom loves me. Oh. <laughs> she pathology, wants me to be bro. warm. Ugh. I desperately want your mother to listen to this. You have said that your mother will read the things you write. Yeah. But when you go on podcasts, she's just like, I've heard you talk. I don't need more of that. We've devoted a lot of time talking about her. Do you think that's going to be enough of a hook? If not... Let's start some segments that she might be into. Just let us know what she's into. We're going to try to do something that will make your mother want to get this far in a podcast. Um, she's into cheesy romance novels. Okay. Easy. Putting booze into everything. Okay. God, uh-huh. we, we would get along. <laughs> I sometimes get calls from my dad and he's like, she put like alcohol in my dinner again. I don't know. She doesn't really do much because she's retired. So she just like sits down and knits and watches TV. God, she sounds so cool. She really is. Okay. 
So here's what we have to work with, guys. Okay. We have uh, booze-infused uh-huh. things. We have romance novels. Yep. Leisure and retirement. Uh, from this, maybe we can tease out some segments and topics that'll really make this a podcast your mother will love. I don't know. She doesn't like white people. Oh, yeah. okay. It's going to be hard to get around. <laughs> that, that is rough. Um, yeah. She doesn't have to see us. She can just hear our voices. Do you think she could tell? Yeah. Damn. Do we sound white? <laughs> yeah. What is it? How can we change? Uh, everything. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a plan. Please. Pilot's mother. Bear with us. You're going to fucking love... Oh, does she not like swearing? Oh, she swears like a sailor. You're going to fucking, fucking love the next act. Hi, I'm Dan Bush. And I'm Matt Tobin. And this is Off the Rails. Do you know what I've never understood? What? Stand-up comedy. I went to a show once with my two good friends. Side note, two of Dan's best friends don't like each other. What does that mean about Dan? So I was at this show, and it was interesting because... You will note, some of Dan's conversational tics where he buys time are, it was interesting because, and I was at blank the other day. The other day, I was thinking about conversational tics, and I didn't think that I had any. You know who else doesn't notice tics? Who? People with Lyme's disease. That's true, because they got bit, and now they're tired. What state has the highest per capita Lyme disease? It's probably Connecticut. It has to be Connecticut. I assume it is, because you asked me the question. I don't know. One of the things that I like to do is to say facts that aren't true, and then see if the person notices. Let's try that. Blue is the same as green. Both primary color. Yeah, did you notice? Notice what? This has been Off the Rail. talking about welcome back to let's get into it this is two minutes on romance novels we're on the clock all right so uh in college my comparative literature professor made everyone go to a yard sale and buy romance novels and read them and come in and then he had us all talk about what we thought about them and we all had fun ripping them apart and then he was like you want to know what's interesting none of you could write a better book than this right now and then we all argue with him for 30 minutes he's like seriously you can't do this live with that. And it was one of the greatest lessons I'd ever had in my life. That's uh, 30 seconds off the clock on romance novels. Who's next? Oh, it's two minutes each. Oh, shit. Okay. What What were his reasons that you couldn't write that novel? Do you, like, how did he persuade you? He was basically persuading us that we were putting our energy in the wrong area of criticism. We we're like, oh, the ideals aren't lofty. The thematics are all over the place. It's not important. And he's like, the sentences work. A story is told. They do it for over 100 pages. None of you have ever done that. You probably can't. You should maybe focus on what's actually happening there instead of being like, eh, it's not Chaucer because you've done shit and you haven't earned that yet. That's when you decided you were going to get really good at writing romance novels. Mm-hmm. What's your next one called? Milady and Her Steed. Hmm. What happens? There's this lady. Oh, shit. Is that? Well, it looks like my time is oh, running out. Oh, man. And, uh, Wait, quick. S- what's your pen name that you write your romance novels under? Susie B. Pansony. I'll take this next two minutes. I once tried to read a romance novel entitled Strong Arm of the Law. I cede my time to the next. You can do that? Yeah, of course, oh, of course you can do that. Yeah, why didn't you take that option? All right. As a teenager, I, I masturbated frequently uh, without regard to place or right. uh, appropriateness, time, things I was supposed to be doing. When you say teenager. As a teenager. Can we get like an approximate? To the age of 31. Okay. I uh, just 
a point of contention. Teenagedom is usually, I mean, what would you say, Jason? Like 13 to like... Yeah, under that, you're a tween. 18. Am I right? I would say 13 to 24 is teenager. Right. 24. For a male, definitely. Right. I remember becoming a human at 25. I would masturbate in the shower when I was supposed to be meeting a friend for brunch. I would just B-15 minutes late. Right. I really thought you were about to use B-15 as a weird euphemism for masturbating. You were like, I had to go to brunch, but I would just B-15 it, do some bombing in my shower. That's a great term! (laughs) Wait, is a B-15 a bomber or is that a B-52? I don't know. They're probably both bombers. The B-52 is a band, so the B-15 has to be a bomber. I think it's just a thing on a bingo board. Right, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And would you shout bingo? I would shout. Climax? It made it right. very uncomfortable around the dorm because they got wind of it. Oh, another time I would masturbate like, in the bunk bed below the sleeping, well, probably not sleeping, let's be honest, yeah. roommate. Who uh, sleeps in college. But before that, in my formative years, uh, in a used bookstore right. to romance novels on the cheap carpet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You would finish onto the cheap carpet? Well, where else was I going to put it? I don't know. Uh, Your shirt or a a tissue or just on the, you just seated the floor. I'm fairly sure that the owner of the store, that he never saw that there were not cameras. I do remember once I masturbated upstairs at a comic book store and then saw that there were cameras. They put the dirty comics up there in a quiet room. I'm so sorry, Pilot. They, they were didn't asking have a sign. For it. They Pilot, didn't have a sign. Uh, just to describe for the listeners at home, uh, Pilot and Nick are sharing a couch, and Pilot <laughs> is crawling up the side of the couch and pressing her body against the wall. I'm so sorry. We normally don't run a show like this. I'm glad that like you're trying to get my mom to listen to this by talking about That's Nick so jerking true. off in I think, stores. I she think, said that she you you said that she swore like a sailor. Is this not what she's into? That doesn't mean she cares about like men's masturbation habits. Is that not what happens in romance <laughs> novels? It's not just a bunch of dudes jacking off on dirty carpets. Nope. I well, I think all of your two minutes are over. Pilot, do, can you uh, save us in your two minutes, please? Okay. So, as I mentioned, my mom loves these romance novels. And she would just buy them kind of in bulk and just leave them around the house. And so especially in like the upstairs attic, which is like her floor. And so it would just be like stacks and stacks of these books. And I would always look at the covers and it was usually just like some woman just like kind of like ripping off her like bodice or whatever. She's like on a horse or like just in a field of flowers with a horse or like just her and a guy riding a horse together. And so for a long time, I just thought that the books were all about this woman who just loved to have sex with horses. And then, like, to add on to that, when I was a kid, all I heard was that, like, if you go horseback riding, you will break your hymen. But they didn't, like, specify that it was riding the horse. So I just assumed that everyone just was really into fucking horses. And then I learned that it wasn't true. So you thought basically what they were warning you is, like, if you ride a horse... You're gonna want to fuck that horse. Well, I think because they were just like, well, you can't take up horseback riding, you're gonna lose your hymen. And I thought that maybe, like, the horse would get too excited or something? I don't really know. The horses just hated hymens? (laughs) I was not a smart child. And I did end up horseback riding, but I did not lose my hymen there. Great. Congratulations. Thanks. I did gymnastics. (laughs) 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 Well, the same comparative literature professor 
who made me read romance novels, also told me that any time a woman is riding a horse in 18th century literature, it means she has had sex. Or is finding sexual... It's about sexuality, is what they're saying. It's the equivalent oh. of panning to the fireplace in 18th century literature is having a horse scene. How do you signify that a man fucked? Uh, he, uh, Does he know. kill a horse? <laughs> I kind of now want to just see like all these rom-com sitcoms like just pan like over to a woman riding a horse after like the first time she has sex. <laughs> yeah. No, in uh, in classical literature, the to signify that men have had sex, uh, it, there's usually a scene where they lock their wives in the attic and then take on a mistress. Hmm. Jane Eyre. Nobody's read Jane the Eyre. The classical. Okay. All right. I've only read the Wide Sargasso Sea. So I, don't I only read one book, and it was that romance novel in the back of that used bookstore. <laughs> oh, you in a finished very the book? tasteful wow. ceremony. Um, so this is because I don't know why Jane Eyre reminded me of this, but the other day I was trying to remember the name of a book, and I was just like, "What's the name of that book with the bitch in the attic?" And everyone goes Anne Frank. Which was not Ooh. what I was thinking of. It also <laughs> says a lot about my friends. Yep. But it turns out I was thinking of the the Dickens one with Miss Havisham. Right. Great and, expectations. Yeah, which I read and loved. And it's not at all about a bitch in the attic. But that's no. just like all I could remember about it. Which it's, is false. It's about a bitch and some dying flowers. But now I guess Jane Eyre is also about a bitch in an attic? Yeah. Okay. Bertha Mason lives in the attic. Nice. As is, uh, I, I guess, then Wide Sargasso Sea. Is there a woman in the attic in Wide Sargasso Sea? There probably is. I went to college too, Jason. Uh, okay, tell me what Wide Sargasso Sea is about. Uh, apparently it's Jane Eyre. <laughs> it's from the perspective of Bertha. Ah. So our uh, podcast has been going pretty well. And we're thinking it's time to make the move to television. No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thought over. Great. No. That's like yeah. what's done. Okay, Marin, Mark Marin's show went mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another one that's been based on a podcast? Walking Dead. There was this podcast called Talking Dead. It was a little avant-garde and and, and people, you know, didn't quite understand what was going on. What was it about? Talking about zombies, talking about what would happen in a world with zombies. It wasn't dead people talking on a podcast. No, it was living people Uh, talking about what if the dead were reanimated and the living had to deal with it. Uh She was misbranded. What if we imagine a world where someone had told that story? Right. Now let's discuss what would that story be like uh and everybody thought it was way too high concept but then amc got a hold of it realized ah no we know what you need to do strip away a layer make it a tv show wow and that's how the sausage gets made huh that is also how amc's the sausage got made it started with a podcast it started with a podcast talking about the sausage it was talking sausage. AMC. What does that stand for? Another mixed commercial? Well, I actually, uh, I've been doing some Googling while you guys have been talking. Oh. And I found an episode of Talking About Sausage. So uh, I think if I can find the ox jack, I can probably plug that in if you guys want to listen to I it. I would love to. It's a piece of history we're going to listen to right now. You found a piece of, uh, an episode of Talking Sausage? Oh, yeah. The metadata is real sloppy on this torrent sites, you know? It also says it's by Weird Al. Ugh, Napster kids. So I'm going to plug that in right now, and let's give it a listen. Great. Welcome to Talkin' Sausage, episode 435. 435, coming at you. Talking about sausage. What kind of sausage we got on the grill today, boys? I've been cooking a little bit of small sausage. Do you want to have some of the small sausage right now? I would love some. So far, we're delivering you our promised 
a new character on the show every 20 seconds. I gotta cut in, guys. I know this is a seminal podcast in the industry, and being in the industry, we should look back on it and understand why it's good. It's really unfocused. Are we allowed to look back and say the classics are kind of sloppy? I think so. I think if you break ground in a certain area, you're allowed to be a little sloppy. But we're allowed to notice it. We're allowed to say they they hadn't built up the form that we have now. Right. Pilot, is there a good TV analog? Is there a classic show that you think is sloppy, though groundbreaking and important? Can we take away the groundbreaking and important part? I would love to. Friends. One of you needs to move off that couch or it's about to get violent. I hate friends. Oh, God, this is so good. I, hey, I'm I actually, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to jack off onto the carpet while you tell yeah. Nick why friends suck. Can we do count point, counterpoint? And this is a new segment called Point Counterpoint. Point! I watched all the friends. I laughed once the entire time. Counterpoint. You have lost your soul somewhere back there. Point? There's no black people. Counterpoint. Neither are there on most shows. So if you are just going to say most shows are sloppy, fair enough. If you're going to single friends out, eh. Point? Instead of getting a black actor, they got a monkey. Counterpoint. I have no counterpoint. And the points have it. All right, we got to take a break. I think I'm just going to plug in uh, this ox jack again and play the rest of Talking Sausage. Bye. Hi, I'm the fourth character on a talking, talking sausage. I got the sausage you want to talk about. I got an Applewood smoked sage over here. Applewood smoked sage. Listen, it's been 435 episodes of Talking Sausage, and no one's fucking talked about some sausage. You've, you've made gestures toward Talking Sausage. No, wait, don't drag me away. I'm, I'm still in time. Hi guys, I gotta butt in here with a little message from me undies. Are your underoos too, Daddy? Get yourself some me undies. Wow, me undies has been around for a long time. And we're back. So let's get into it. Talking sausage <laughs> continues to not hold up. Yeah. Do they ever actually talk about sausage? Or you know, do they just talk about sausage. It is confusing. It seems like they don't care what their listenership is comprised of, and I do not stand for it. What their listenership comprises. What did of, I say? Comprises comprised of. of compri- what is comprised of? It's just, it's comprises. It seems like they don't care for whom their listenership comprises. Of. So, uh, Tim's giving me a look right now. And that look says only one thing. You news, you lose. Oh, yeah. It's time. Pilot. Have you ever listened to a podcast called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? No. Great. This is a little segment I like to call You News. You lose. It's actually America's favorite news headline game. So the way this works is I have three headlines here. I will read each one aloud. Then we'll go around the room and you and we'll all choose. Hold on. I'm not explaining this correctly. Whatever. Let's let's keep. Let's sally forth. Three headlines. One is real. Two are fake. We're each going to select a headline. And the one who chooses the real one loses. What's the punishment for choosing the real headline? You have to do your best impression of a talking sausage podcast. Great. Pilot, you ready? Sure, why not? Okay. You news, you lose. Headline one. 
presidential hopeful Donald Trump unveils solid gold statue of himself today, promises it will replace the Statue of Liberty once he's elected. Headline two. New father Mark Zuckerberg announces that he will donate his daughter to charity. Headline three. Fox Movie Studios released a statement today saying that Leonardo DiCaprio was not raped by a bear in the new movie The Revenant. Nick, which headline is real, which is fake? And be careful if you news you lose. I will choose that Trump will build a gold statue. There's a gold statue of Trump and it will replace the Statue of Liberty. Correct. Pilot. Wait, what am I choosing? The one that's real or fake? Yes. If you news, you lose. Um, I will say the Zuckerberg one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say it's the Leonardo DiCaprio one. Okay. I feel like I have newsed and lost. You have newsed, Jason, okay. and you lose. Leonardo, Di- Leonardo DiCaprio's character was not raped by a bear in The Revenant, and Fox Movie Studios has confirmed this. Why did they need to confirm this? The world may never know. So you don't read these articles, huh? You just, all right. <laughs> yeah. Now, these are just headlines. All right. Well, I've news and lost, so yep. I guess I have to do... After deriding talking Sausage so much, I yeah. guess it's only poetically fair that I have to be the one to try to pay it homage right now, so... <clears throat> uh, Pilot, of all of the... Toggin sausage characters that we've heard. Which was your favorite, and which do you think Jason should try to pay homage to the the, the closest? I think you should consider backstory, yeah, of the characters. You should consider their relationships with the other characters, because in pilot fashion, we have listened to every episode of Talkin Sausage. I'm sure you have as well. So during you can the break, feel free to pull characters that we haven't even played on the show right. yet. I really liked the Mr. Viana sausage character, who knew that he was a sausage, but constantly denied it. Strong pull. Okay. Mm. I think I'm ready. Hey, guys, it's me, Mr. Viana. You want to go to the opera later? What? Wait, what do you mean I can't get in? No, I can get it. No, I can sit in the seats. No, I'm a regular guy. Like, I am not a sausage. I'm a man. I could go to the opera with you. Come on. Let me in. And scene. It's like he's from Vienna, Italy itself. The only sausage that I do eat is Vienna sausage. Right. And I buy them in bulk, usually 40 cans at a time from BJ's. And I hide them under my bed because I'm living in Y2K. Okay. I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Uh... Is Vienna sausage only sold in cans? Yes. Okay. What's the stockpile number of cans of Vienna sausage that you have under your bed currently? Uh, Well, currently I only have like probably five or six because I got a new bed that has like drawers underneath. It has less storage room. Well, so like now I have to mix it in with my clothes and then it gets weird because then like my boyfriend will like try to get like a towel out. Uh He's just like, you have cans of Vienna sausage around. I'm just like. None of your business. Right. Like, don't take my sausage. Nice. But um, I once also got stopped by security at the airport because Mm. I had bought too many cans of Vienna sausage with me to Panama because I was worried they wouldn't have the brand that I liked. What's the brand that you like? At that point, it was Goya, but now it's Libby. And how many is too many? It was like eight or nine cans because I was there for about a week. Did they tell you what would have been okay? They were just like, why do you have so many cans of Vienna sausage? And I was like, can I bring like five? And they're like, I guess. Did they take the other cans? Yeah, to throw them away. 
Oh, you actually threw them in the garbage. Yeah. They didn't confiscate them. Nope. Did you burn through all of your remaining cans before the end of your trip? Oh, immediately. I eat about seven Vienna sausages a day. How many are in a can? The smaller cans are seven. The bigger cans are, I think, 14 or 15. Did you find your brand once you'd run out? I found Goya and I was happy. You know, we actually haven't found a sponsor yet. Would you be willing to just hit us with a quick live read for your favorite brand of Vienna sausage? I'm, here's the thing. I still have strong feelings for Goya, and I feel like if I talk about Libby, like Goya's going to hair, and they're going to get yeah. mad at me. Okay. I have an emotional relationship with Vienna sausage. It's really deep and complex. Okay, Pilot's mom, check back in now, because you're going <laughs> to fucking, fucking love this. Tell me more about your feelings for Libby sausage. The thing about Libby is it's best in the summer because mm-hmm. in the winter, like Libby's great, but then there's like, it's all weird and congealed with like all the kind of Vienna sausage juices. But in the summer, it's just really like nice flowing Vienna sausage juices. And then it just kind of easily goes out the can and Libby's great. Goya, on the other hand, has like really like thick, like mucusy kind of stuff. And that's not okay. Is it a winter sausage then? Yeah. Now, what are the dates... That you divide between sausage seasons. Is it Labor Day, Memorial Day, or do you set your calendar differently on when you switch over sausage brands? December through May, I consider winter. Wow, interesting. It, it, is that, does your consideration uh, stem from the weather or the consistency of these sausages? The consistency of the sausages. Right. So like when I okay. live in an apartment where it has really good heat, then like it's Libby's all year round. It sounds like Libby is the clear winner. Goya was like my first love. Like right. I lost my Viana virginity to Goya. Right, right. Yeah. You did gymnastics class with Goya. Yes. What do you think about playing uh, Jason Plays? I think we can do that. So yeah, Pilot, this is uh, one of our favorite segments where uh, anyone really can suggest that I try to play something and we learn that I have no repertoire or talent. The end. You can also feel free to sing uh, or participate in any way that makes you feel great about art. I'm going to do nothing. Well, as everyone knows, half of the art is in the rests. So thank you, Pilot. Why can't I think of the X-Files theme? (laughs) 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 It's our cheery version. Super close. (laughs) I just thought that show was spookier than that. But now that I play it, I'm not so frightened. It's the spookiest episode of The X-Files. Oh, it's probably the one that goes... So close. It's like almost there. That was spooky. I got tingles and chills. It's like listening to a dad quote a movie. Somebody's stopping me. (laughs) Play Star Wars. They're always so close. It's like those videos of robots learning to walk. I've never seen Star Wars. Uh, Of course you haven't. So, like, that just sounds great to me. It is great. It's perfect. These guys are just haters. Whoa, you can say you've never seen Star Wars. You haven't, like, not ever heard the Star Wars theme. Stop being a hater. Pilot, what's Star Wars about? I'm assuming, like, maybe Earth got really mad at a star, and then, like, Yoda and Hayden Christensen are like, hey, Fuck you, Earth. We're going to fight you. 
and then they fight and then at one point the the Darth Vader guy is like I'm your dad and then that's the end yeah Jason Seinfeld theme toss salad and scrambled (laughs) eggs I'm on the wrong keyboard (laughs) not really close but that feels like my emotional connection to Seinfeld can we hear that again? What's airline food doing? Yep, that's how I feel whenever Seinfeld is on television. Pilot. Seinfeld, yay or nay? Nay. Oh my god, I'm can sorry. you replace Nick? This is the best day of my life. Now, episode two of Point Counterpoint. <laughs> I'm not like a We're talking super Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Shut up, Nick. Let me have this. Point Counterpoint. Pilot. Point. It's not a good show. Counterpoint. I think it's a good show eventually, not at first. Point. For a long time, I didn't realize people were quoting Seinfeld, and I was just like, why are you always talking about how pretzels are making you thirsty? And then I watched it, and I was like, this isn't funny. Counterpoint. I knew when people were quoting Monty Python, but I never watched Monty Python and pretended that I had seen it because I knew all the lines. Tim, defend Monty Python. Point. It was uh, one of the first uh, big mainstream surrealistic comedy troupe television shows. Vienna Sausage, counterpoint. But it's the garbage that's all about us stereotyping people that aren't English. Counterpoint, pilot. It's <laughs> I don't even know what we're debating anymore. Jason, themed Monty Python. Do the Big Bang Theory song. Bazinga. Perfect. How does the Big Bang Theory song go? It's the Bare Naked Ladies, right? Yeah. It's Bazinga. It's not not the Bare Naked Ladies song is the problem. It's the other one. All right. Thank you so much for coming in and having correct opinions about television. As an expert, a freelance writer, a television critic, who definitely knows more about TV than Nick and has better, more important opinions... Thank you for your amazing opinions. Is there anything you would like to plug before we get out of here? No, I quit my job yesterday. So. Yay! <laughs> hire me. <laughs> Please hire her. Uh, she has the best television opinions. Are there any? Can we do a lightning round here? Uh, things that we should be watching. We should level your expertise, not just to make Nick feel bad. What should people be watching that they probably aren't right now? Uh, the Leftovers is really good. I've been catching up on it today. You're the Worst is the best comedy on TV right now. Bob's Burgers is still adorable. The Flash is great. Jane of Virgin's great. I would just say The CW is pretty much on a roll. Um, also, Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. Until next week. Our whole universe was in a hot state that nearly 14 billion years ago expansion started wait the earth began to cool the autotrophs began to drool neanderthals developed tools we built a wall we built the pyramids math science history unraveling the mystery that all started with 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big Bang 